<laughs> and you're not just talking about Haley Old Josman. Damn it. <laughs> Haley Old Josman. Haley Old Josman. Haley Quinn Smith. Yes. Damn it. It was a funny joke, but I messed it up. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 316 with our review of Tusk. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. If you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're doing something a little weird with this episode. So this is a review of Tusk, which... If you're listening to this, I guess maybe you've seen it, but probably you haven't. Steven is on the episode, and he has not seen the movie. Um, I am a part of the Nazi party. Yes. Exactly, yes. part of the Nazi party. (laughs) Calling out jokes from the movie you haven't even seen. Uh, Yes, exactly. But basically... It's a little theme. Sorry, go ahead. No, I said it's a a theme. We're theming it with the movie, because Nazi party... Oh, yeah, it totally makes and, sense. Yeah, it actually yeah, makes yeah. more more sense than the podcast does in the context of the movie, um, <laughs> oddly enough. But basically, Steven is on the podcast because he is curious about what's going to happen because Carson was very excited to see this film. He's um, walrus curious. Yeah, I'm walrus curious. Yeah, walrus yeah. curious. Hashtag walrus <laughs> curious. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah, like, so Carson's excited to see this. I decided to see it because, you know, I didn't want to deny Carson the ability to talk about this film. Um, but I mean, as you might expect, Carson loved this film most likely, and I most, <laughs> most likely did not love this movie. So, and, and I most likely I, I would it, not. I have it on good authority that Chris didn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little walrus told me. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna do this. We're probably. I mean, just for the sake of argument, we're gonna say that we're free game on this film. We're gonna be talking spoilers because. That's the only way you can talk about this film. And yeah, it's, it's kind of those... hard not to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, and from the trailer, you know that there's like a guy who goes to Canada, meets a weird old dude who's trying to turn him into a walrus. I mean, it's pretty plain in the right. trailer of the film. So, yeah, spoilers, that happens in this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, they go full walrus. Yes, literally, yeah. at least one person in the cast goes full walrus. <laughs> Someone goes semi-walrus, though, and, at and, the end. It appears in the story that serially people have been going walrus. Um, oh yes So we're just going to sure. talk about it straight out So if you're for some reason scared of spoilers for this film You should probably go see the movie Unfortunately and then come back and listen to the rest of this review <laughs> Or so, fortunately <laughs> So let's go ahead and listen to the trailer For uh, Tusk hashtag Walrus Yes And then come in And give what I guess Is sort of a review <laughs> Always do sober what you do drunk And it'll teach you to keep your mouth shut Hemingway said that. Yes, he did. And he said it to me. I don't want you to go to Canada tomorrow. It's for the podcast. It's what I do. I travel around and I interview weird or interesting people. So look out, you crazy Canucks. Wandering Wallace (laughs) takes a raunchy road trip up to the Great White North. Hello. I'm an old man who has enjoyed a long and storied life at sea. And after eons of oceanic adventure, I know I do not wish to spend my remaining years alone while I have such stories to share. How far is Bifrost from here? It's about two hours from here. It's about two hours away. I hate American guys. 
Good evening. It's nice to meet you. Could I interest you in some tea? So what happened after the boat sank? I was alone. And then something very swift and frightening moved by me. A walrus saved your life? The walrus is far more evolved than any man I've ever known. Present company included. Thank you. You're welcome. Would you? It'll be all right, Mr. Tuff. He hasn't called me in three days. I'm worried. Horace! Why are you doing this? Are you really mourning your humanity? I don't understand. Who in the hell would want to be human? So that was the trailer for Tusk, as we said. Podcaster, sort of a dick <laughs> from the Nazi party. <laughs> <laughs> um, N O T S E E party, yes. Not C, as in not having not see. seen. Um, as you did not see this coming, Dead Snow 2. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so he goes up to Canada to interview this guy who has a great story to tell about how he met Hemingway and was on a boat and then a walrus saved him. And. Uh, it turns out that he has this weird fetish for walruses and has been serially abducting people and amputating their legs and putting them in this weird flesh walrus He's suit. He's sewing and, them into a walrus suit, yeah. Yes, and basically turning them into a walrus. And uh, that happens to Justin Long, and uh, who is now Justin Short because he doesn't have anything below the kneecaps. Um, <laughs> Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, this is a Kevin Smith film. It's apparently based off a joke in an episode of the Smodcast. Um, and it's clear well, not... from the film that yeah. it's a joke because, uh, the, yeah, I mean. It, it's a hoax, yeah. I mean, like, the, the whole the whole podcast stemmed from a uh, an, an ad in what is essentially the UK version of Craigslist called Gumtree, um, where uh, someone... You know, they, they, they later found out that it was a hoax, but they were under the impression that it was real when they were recording the initial episode. Okay. But it, it it's the it's the same idea is that uh, this man purporting to be, you know, this old seafarer who got stranded on an island and this uh, walrus saved him. Uh, you know, and he, he lives in this giant mansion and he has a, a room for rent. And, you know, you can stay in his in his house free of charge uh, and free meals uh, if you, you know, once a day get into this walrus suit that he's made and uh, pretend to act like a walrus. He's, he'll throw you fish and you got to, you know, make the sounds and shit. And uh, yeah, so that was the article, like free rent, um, but only if you wear this walrus suit. And then they... Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier started spitballing ideas of, you know, this could be a really crazy horror movie. 
and they start running it down from there. So here's the real question. Did they track down the poster of the article and pay him for his story? They did. Um, okay. uh, Chris Parkinson is the guy who actually uh, put up the ad um, as a joke. And um, Kevin Smith contacted him and said, like, yeah, like, you know, he made him a producer on the movie because he said, you know, you essentially created uh, or, or were, in, you know, you inspired this movie. So. All right. Yeah, so I feel a little bit better <laughs> about that story now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so so anything tracking with you, Stephen, so far? <laughs> Not much. I mean, so this this much I knew about the movie already. It, I, I knew that it involved a Justin Long being sewed into a walrus suit. I knew it's been compared to Human Centipede before. Yeah, which in makes sense. The yeah. sense of right. being like kind of gross out and weird. Uh, and I knew that it stemmed from an episode of the podcast. And so far, so far that is tracking. Yeah, right, well, and, well, and and Kevin Smith described it as a a cuddlier version of the Human Centipede, and and, and I guess <laughs> um, so. Uh, this is what I will start off by saying because I mean normally Carson starts off, but he's going to tell you how awesome this film is. I want to tell you how not awesome this is. It's not awesome. Um, so th- th- this is the good thing about the film. This old man is horrifyingly scary like <laughs> the the middle section of the, okay so if you completely cut out the justin long is a dick guy with this podcast and you cut out the anti-canadian <laughs> sentiments in the film and you just skip to what happens when justin long arrives at this creepy ass house and the initial parts to what is happening in this like misery-esque type of scenario in which this like creepy person has captured somebody and is doing bad things to him um (laughs) that aspect of it is actually genuinely interesting it's 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 a silly premise that is handled in a completely uh serious manner and in a way that is genuinely off-putting like before you see any of the visual visual freakiness when you're just thinking of the context of a creepy man telling creepy stories and a guy who is so naive and such a dick that he's not even paying attention to the fact that this man is creepy as hell you have what is essentially a decent film um but and you can't even like the problem is that this film has a section of the film that takes itself seriously in a way that I am clapping my hands to. I'm praising it's it's genuinely decent, but the film doesn't take itself seriously at all. You can take that from the beginning of the film. You can take that from the entire last half of the movie. And the problem is that you can't even argue that like oh it was trying to be serious, but it visuals come off funny like some horror films do because as soon as like something depont what what the hell is the, the like the french something inspector de la quebec kila like, point kila point. point yeah the kila point of the film is that this is a complete <laughs> joke <laughs> like it, this you, you man, didn't enjoy, you didn't enjoy Johnny Depp as Gila Point, or I guess he's playing himself. Is hush, that hush. Johnny Depp? It's Johnny, it Depp. Johnny Depp, and he's going to show is. up in the next Kevin Smith movie as yes. the same character. Apparently, yes, he's yep. Okay, so like, you know, what's funny is that is that my girlfriend was like, I don't think Chris recognized that Johnny Depp was Gila Point. No, I, I did not recognize. She, she that predicted that you would not recognize, and I said, well, he didn't know that Charlize Theron was in Mad Max, so it's. A, <laughs> Good possibility. I well, don't that, know. That's a trailer, and is Kila Point even in the trailer? He's not in the trailer. Kila Point he, is not in the trailer. No, he, he, he's not in the trailer because he's so ridiculously silly, and the, char- <laughs> the characters are talking to him like he's not a joke, but he's a joke. Like, it's- he, but and here's the other thing, though, is that um, and now I'm not, 
I'm, I'm pretty well versed in my Kevin Smith, but I'm not completely 100% on this. But there was a Smodcast where um, they talked about this. Uh, there was like a maple syrup heist in Canada. Um, they talked about this ridiculous story. And the French-Canadian Mountie who busted the case was Guy Lapointe. Nice. Um, so that, uh, Gila point is a real man. I don't know if he looks like how Johnny Depp looks in the movie, but that was the inspiration behind having, uh, this goofy character in it. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is completely removed from the context of this film. I love that character it is freaking hilarious. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. But the problem is he's not a real human. Like he's so removed from <laughs> the tone of the film that it's off putting. And here's, here's the thing. So. There, there's a point in the conversations where the Guy Lapointe is talking about he's, he's talking about like the one time he met this man who is turning people on the walruses or walri, right. whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, so but do the the hockey player Gregory Gumtree. Yes, I mean, he's, yes. he says the name a lot. So, I guess because the ad was on Gumtree. I don't know. It's called all Probably. callbacks. So, so anyway, it's all it is a lot of callbacks. In the so movie. he's he's recounting. So so I had drinking not not alcohol but i had i had had a lot to drink in the afternoon like regular liquids so and this movie's long as hell um maybe it's not it felt like it was long (laughs) as hell so anyways there's a scene where like he's he goes to and he's recounting the story about how he met this guy um and like the guy is doing this like weird funky hillbilly accent like he's pretending to be like not knowledgeable about anything so that this investigator who's like looking for somebody doesn't suspect him of anything which is totally fine but in that flashback i'm like i bet this is the perfect time to go to the bathroom and like he had already been talking for like five minutes and i'm like like, i I have to go to the bathroom so i I walk out to the bathroom go to the bathroom and i'm like i turn back to walk towards the theater and i was like yeah i should go watch the rest of this movie (laughs) so i'm like thinking about like because here's the thing i'm the only one in the theater so like at this point i'm like if i go to the bathroom they might just stop the movie thinking i walked out (laughs) that's what movie theaters do obviously (laughs) but i was like i was like because because i'm like i'm just gonna go back and finish this movie so i walk out and he's still recounting the story like i don't know how long i was out there trying to decide whether or not i wanted to come back into the theater um but I had time to like empty a full bladder and contemplate whether I wanted to watch the rest of the film before I went back into the theater. And the scene was still happening with him recounting the story. And the, the, the guy who's the evil has this very like well-educated voice and like mysterious kind of like talking. And then he's all, ah, I was in the outhouse. There's a brand recluse in there. And he's like, yeah, he's doing talking this, like, like a backwards hillbilly. Yeah, and then like, you got Guy Lapointe with his French Canadianness. Yeah, it, it, it was. Have you seen uh, Gregory Gum? You know. But just say that if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie and, and this sounds like something you want to see, that's the point in the movie where you definitely go, to the go see it. Because <laughs> here's the thing: the story is weird enough that I didn't want to miss anything that might link it to make sense. <laughs> so like, anyway, so true, true. I gotta say, so far I kind of want to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to see this movie. I, I think yes, think you really do. I'm, um, I'm imagining it as. I, this character that you're talking about, I imagine it is one very long extended riff on the South Park. Don't go down that rod character. <laughs> There's a lot of riffs, that's for sure. It's, uh, it's, no, it's, it's, that's actually funny. <laughs> like, okay. This was, like, and this is the thing is, is if, if I was watching a full movie about Gila Point, I would be fine with that because it seems like you could do a lot of funny things, things with him. But right. I was not on board. Him eating, getting indigestion, eating after the after those burgers. Which, by the way, the final the the scene after the credits is Gila Point sitting down, 
um, with his uh, big rifle going like, oh, I should not have had the second burger. So there you <laughs> they're, go. They're sliders. Don't you always get the three? sliders? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's just like, oh, I shouldn't have had that extra slider. Maybe it was an order of a second order of sliders. But I mean, it was kind of like because, you know, when they're running into the house and he kind of just, you know, stops. He had to take a break. He had to take a leg because, uh, yeah, getting a little crampy. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, b- b- before b- before Carson talks about how great this film, uh, the, the it, it, how great the film is, um, the other thing that is, like, so ridiculous to me is that, like, like, the way you know that this isn't even, like, a joke that turned into an attempt to make something that was legitimately a horror movie is at the end of this film, they leave Justin Long as a walrus. Like... He just becomes this exhibit where this walrus is that his girlfriend and buddy who's banging his girlfriend keep showing up every couple of days delivering mackerel to him and like saying how they confessing their love of him. Like, I don't like why would you not like unsew his arms to his sides, pull him out of the suit and try to turn him back into an amputated human being again? I mean, he's beyond repair after, you know, once he's been, uh, you know, walrusized but i don't think he is because he's sewing the sides like he's sewing his arms to his chest he's not yeah. like but he like, already had his legs cut off though yeah, yeah, yeah there's lots of people who don't have the use of below their no, knees i understand <laughs> but uh i mean this is going back to the podcast too and it's and this is this is actually the the clip they show during the credits uh or you know play during the credits is um and i honestly I, I listened to that podcast, but it was over a year ago, so I didn't remember this. But in the podcast, they do talk about how, um, you know, once Justin Long defeats uh, the old man, he decides that, you know, he's so far gone that he just has to stay the walrus. He commits to being the walrus. And then they, they envision, like, a scene where he's, you know, just living out his days as a walrus. And then Kevin Smith said some sad, pathetic song comes on over the credits. But that, that's what I'm saying is that that is proof that it literally is just a joke, not a joke that turned into a legitimate film. Because in like, I would be totally fine if he never psychologically recovers that the film ends with him in some sort of home, sitting in a wheelchair, not able to communicate or speak. Or like, you know, the girlfriend standing over him crying, saying like, I still love you, I'll always love you, whatever, but him not even realizing that she's there because there's no humanity left inside him. I'm totally right. fine with an ending like that, but leaving him in a pen inside of a little igloo in like the middle of... a defunct zoo. Yeah, like that, it just doesn't, it'd be one thing, like, and even the joke would be better if there was another walrus in the pen with him. And <laughs> like, like, then at least it's supposed to be funny, not supposed to be like logically ridiculous. I, I just, I mean, I was fine with it. I mean, I don't think it needs to be logically sound, um, but... Uh, <laughs> but walrus sound. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but uh, I, I like the fact that, you know, he just decided to live out his... I mean, he became... He, he went full wal- walrus, dude. But here's like, the thing is, he didn't decide that. They decided it for him. Like, like even, even if he... Like, even if he was like, no, don't change me out, they would have been like, look, you're crazy, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, he, pro- they probably would have, like, put him out, like, shot him with a tranquilizer gun, taken him to the hospital, quote-unquote fixed him by, like, removing, like, freeing his arms from his ribcage, and, like, he would have woken up in a hospital, like, a long time later wondering what happened to him. Like, And I'm even fine with him snapping at the point where he tusks the guy to death, and, like, him... <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man, that was so awesome. So, okay, so here, here's, here's the basic premise is... This guy was rescued by a walrus. They end up living out 
on this island for a couple days, but eventually they run out of food. So he kills the walrus and And eats eats, eats him and then gets rescued. But he's felt guilty his whole life because Mm -hmm. the walrus loved him and trusted him as like a partner-ish type thing. So the walrus, under any normal circumstance, should have been able to um, overpower the man and kill him. But because he had gained his trust over that time, the walrus theoretically loved him, that he basically blindsided him and killed him. So he has been recreating the walrus in hopes that the walrus would kill him to get vengeance, like to, to right, right the world. So that is the basic plot, which even that, as ridiculous as it is, I'm almost totally fine with. It's the way it, the story was handled in this joking manner. Like, if he would have committed to it as seriously as he does the beginning of the film, like, I would have actually been like, you know what, that movie was kind of good. <laughs> but instead, there's too many elements that prove that it's a joke, including the the end of the like the where the film goes to and the tra- trajectory it's on so sorry well <clears throat> i'll say obviously by saying uh i really enjoyed the movie um <laughs> but here's some things i wanted to bring up i think that um i think that overall the movie is not a perfect film but it is it's very bold <laughs> Um, I think the movie. I'm glad you conceded that to me. The movie does feel patchy for sure, and not. Uh, it does have <laughs> and you're that. You're not patchy just talking f- about Haley Old Jasmine. Haley. <laughs> damn it. Haley Old Jasmine. Haley Old Jasmine. Haley Quinn Smith. Yes. Damn it, was um, a funny joke, but I messed it up. Um, no, I think that um, the movie obviously kind of starts and stops, but I. I think for me it would be cleared up in a second viewing because like I know what's coming because this is obviously the most verbose horror movie since uh, probably Death Proof, um, <laughs> but, but and maybe of all time. But Death but, Proof is a is a legitimately good movie. No, it is. I'm just saying that uh, this this movie takes. Like it, it's it's not like traditional horror movies. You know, like there are long sequences. Of lots of dialogue and um yes there is many times where it cuts back and we get like the silliness of Gila Point um but I never think that the movie's tone uh steers away from being silly like I think that this movie is completely in line with how horror movies used to be which there was a sense of fun and there's a sense of silliness I mean all the like slasher movies from the 90s have that sensibility um and you know this Harkening back to like like old monster movies or movies like that Peter Jackson started off making like this the the walrus element uh, especially the the look and feel of the suit I mean that's completely would would totally be uh, fit right in with something like Meet the Feebles you know like that it's just so ridiculous and it has that like um, homemade uh, you know feeling and obviously. Uh, the the suit looks it's genuinely creepy and it looks awesome i mean especially for the budget i mean you got to give them props for that this is like a three and a half million dollar movie and uh they definitely got their money's worth and and they okay so so here's here's the other thing just about the the suit that bothered me is um there's (laughs) the the man sewing people into the suit he 
he was a fry cook on a ship in the Navy. He, like, he has no medical doctor skills. And it's not like in Human Centipede, where he's trying to create one digestive track between three people. Like, so there is, like, he could have made the suit and tied up Justin Long and put him in the soup, sorry, the suit, without having to physically do any harm to his actual body. The only thing is it's kind of implied that he uses the bottom half of the legs to create fake tusks, and that's what's being put in his mouth. But he also, like, even if that is the case, he has walrus tusks on display, so why would he need to create human bone tusks to put in the mouth of the creature if he already has real walrus tusks? That's because it's not scary enough, bro. I don't know. Like, but, but that's uh, the thing. Is, is the, in in the, the the little conversation that Gila Point is talking, he says they found like parts of the tibia, part of his own tibia in his mouth. That's the right. only clue that he's making his own walrus tusks out of the bones. Well, I mean, he doesn't want to use the tusks he already has. I mean, those are from walruses that he respects, I guess. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Is he's creating a walrus that he can theoretically theoretically respect long enough to allow that thing to kill him like that's the whole point of the arc is that yeah I'm, i need to befriend and like so I, I don't know it just so but i'm I, curious I, I think the fact that that michael parks's character um you know i don't think he needed to be like a you know a scholarly you know mind who knows about uh you know operations or surgery or something like i think he just knew enough to create these walrus suits and stuff yeah, yeah, put the he, people he's, in them he's doing things like he's smart enough leg, at least sewing yeah. the arms to the rib cage of the person so that way he only has momentum in a flipper capacity but yeah but he's the kind of guy that i feel like would just read up on it and just know how to do it. i mean there's obviously a very you know homemade aspect to the <laughs> walrus suit i mean it doesn't look <laughs> like is. a walrus <laughs> okay what, what was what was steven gonna ask I, I i mean you can keep discussing this i was just trying to broadly speaking a was this movie played for laughs like to the point where it was actually funny and b was this movie really like gory and scary or was it just like the absurd premise is supposed to make it kind of like cheesy no i mean it didn't have like the gore factor of like a torture porn, like hostile kind of movie. But, um, but as I said, before you actually see the suit, simply seeing the skeletal outlines and drawings the guy has done, right. seeing him like sewing covered in blood without actually seeing it, it's legitimately off putting. Right. And yeah. then once you see it, you're like, oh, that's right. This is a joke. <laughs> no, but I don't, I don't see it as a joke at all. Although it is, it's funny in the sense that it's so fucked up, you know what I mean? And and I'm also not sure whether, an, like, <laughs> the, uh, Kevin Smith is really obsessed with the brown recluse spider in this film, and it's brought back so much. I'm confused whether, like, there was actually a spider used at any point in the film. Like, is the tea made from brown recluse spider venom? Is Did he actually set a spider on him in the first place? Because when Gila Point comes in and he keeps saying, like, oh, you know, are you the cop who's supposed to help me with the brown recluse in my shitter? Like, th there's... Like, I can't figure out whether, like, his method for capturing people is literally get them to come inside, and now I have trained brown recluse spiders that, like, <laughs> will crawl up their leg and bite them because I'm... Well, I don't, think, really it, I don't think it actually bit him, but he may have been using it to concoct his uh, tea creation. I don't know. 
Because there's a lot of fetishism over that spider. There's a lot. He's an arachnid assailant, dude. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't know. And I, and I feel like it, it would be a, it would be a for the freakier, movie. It would be a freakier premise if the transformation happened over time. Because basically, there's a day where he's just paralyzed from this toxin. And then the very next day, he's already a walrus. Like, there's not really a trans... It's not like, well, the first thing I did was sew your legs together. Okay, the next yeah, day... See- that's what's awesome about this movie is that in a regular horror movie, he would have gotten his leg amputated, uh, maybe both of them and some other things happened, and then his friends would come and rescue him before he actually made the full transformation. Here, they're just, they just go for it right away, which you know, I think is, that's good because, in, like I said, in most horror movies, they wouldn't go the full length. And I, I, I'm fine with him going fully transformed. I just, I feel like... It's more like if he's trying to make a legitimate horror film, slowly transitioning him over time is far scarier than like him going to sleep and waking up a walrus. I think it's disturbing enough that, you know, this essentially could happen, you know, like you could see it like some crazy old man, you know, abducting people and, you know, doing weird ass experiments on them. Like that is a legitimately terrifying premise. Um, yeah, as I as I admitted already. Right, right. But I'm just saying that, like, why? It, but it, that's the thing, though, is like in horror movies, like why, why would the villain wait around? Like this old guy wants to put him in the water so he can find him. It's just like do it, you know? Like why why <laughs> pick around? I mean, let's do it, you know? I don't know. <laughs> and also, okay, so Stephen, get this. <laughs> I've already explained to you the premise that he he wants to get a person, turn him into walrus, so he can like be all like semi molesty with him for a couple days and then eventually let the wal- snuggle up to him well, yeah eventually let the walrus kill him because like when he was originally rescued that's how it was but the thing is when he was originally rescued it was a human being with a walrus companion in this when he initiates the fight he puts on his own walrus suit <laughs> and starts Which is hilarious yeah and starts the fight with him with them both in walrus suits. So there's two okay. men trying to tusk each other in the side of the head with tusks. What was your question? No, no, I'm I, I'm acknowledging that I am hearing you. And I'm a little surprised already because isn't he supposed to be a human getting tusked by a walrus? Yes, but he starts the fight off as two walruses. And yeah, but then, he's in his own... He's not in a full suit, though. He just has, like, the skin on it, him. It's essentially the same suit minus the actual face being sewn into it. So then what he does is once Justin Long is sufficiently angry and he has, quote-unquote, turned him into an actual animal, then he does this, like, this huge rise up slowly and let the skin fall off him until he's become a man and then, like, says, no, we fight for reals. <laughs> I... Okay, well, here, let me let me just touch upon some things. One... Um, it's a movie that obviously not a lot of people are going to enjoy, like clearly. (laughs) Um, I, I, I get that. I get that. It's obviously for a specific audience, but I would argue that even if you just flat out hate it, like this is still unlike anything you've ever seen before. Like you are not going to see a horror movie or any movie for that matter that is bizarre and absurd as this film. I, I mean, for, for serious, for reals, like you will, I will never forget the first time in this movie when they pull back and we see Justin Long in the walrus suit, like for the first time, like it's the most hilarious and disturbing and just ridiculous thing ever. And I laughed so hard 
at that, and then I laughed even harder when I wish, I mean, I would pay untold sums of money to see Chris's reaction when he, when this first happened, because I, I can just imagine, like, already, just already, like, I'm over this movie, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, but that's just, a, that's just what I thought, but, uh, but I mean, that's the thing, is that, like, there are, there's imagery, and there's just craziness in this movie that you're not going to forget, and like I said, that kind of goes back to these, you know, this kind of old school uh, way of making horror movies. Because, I, I mean, nowadays, the horror movies that, that come out, they're all the same. I mean, like, they're almost always the same movie. They look the same. They have, like, the same beats. They feel the same. Like, this this movie at least, you know, has the look of normal life. It's not all green and blue like the, these Blumhouse movies, you know. And uh, it's not just perpetually grim either. Like I said, like, these, you know, horror movies weren't all just, like, The Purge and, you know, Sinister. Like, it, there was a sense of fun to it. You know, there's, it's, it's, it's in this heightened reality, in this heightened universe. And, you know, you're laughing as well as cringing and, you know, being creeped out. And, like, I feel like that is what makes a great horror movie, you know? Like, like Evil Dead, uh, Evil Dead 2. Like, the, those movies where you're where you're laughing and then you're you're scared and you're just sufficiently creeped out. Like, I, I don't know. Like, that to me is more in line with a great horror movie than just something like like i said like how these movies are today where it just i don't know they just they're all they're all they all mesh together you know and this one is is breaking free and yeah like for sure you know we we get like with the gila point scenes the scene where he's talking to michael parks and he's trying to throw him off that scene just goes on for a long time but you know what i respect kevin smith for just saying like at DGAF, like I don't, I'm gonna make the movie that I want to make, and if you don't care, then you know you can leave. I mean, like this, he at least set out to make this movie uh, the way he wanted to and succeeded. And like, I mean, you have to applaud him for that, and I have to applaud the movie for going to you know really bizarre places and 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 going for it. Like they went for it. They didn't you know say like we have this great idea and pulled back. Like, they went full walrus, and uh, that is essentially entertaining. Also, Justin Long, I mean, Chris, you've got to give props to Justin Long for he's He does give, like, a legitimately good performance in this movie. <laughs> well, as good as somebody can playing a walrus-human hybrid, I no, guess. No, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he, he does, he, his character in the beginning, he's an unsufferable prick, and uh, but yet he still manages to be, like, a charismatic, engaging <laughs> lead. I mean, you're, you're drawn to him, like, when he's, he's still, you know, making you uh, go along with the film, and then, of course, like, he has to play, you know, confused and, and drugged, and then he's uh, in, in the suit, and, like, I mean, to, to play those different notes... Um, you know, and just like basically express with, you know, sounds in his eyes. I mean, it's definitely, there's a lot he, he's going through in this movie. I, I'd say like, you know, for this kind of movie, people don't, you know, really applaud horror movies for acting, but I mean, like he does give like a legitimately good performance in this movie. And obviously but, Michael Parks is, is genuinely creepy well, that's, that's and what good I was gonna in say his role. Is, is Justin Long gives a adequate performance 
like he 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 is good at it, but he's still he's very much playing a character of a human being. Like he doesn't seem like a real guy to me. He seems like somebody who's reveling in the idea of playing this character. Like he's he's enjoying it a little too much. Um, so yeah, it's fine. But like the Michael Parks is so good as that creepy old guy. Oh like, yeah, he, he's the guy who I really give credit to because just him telling a story that's completely non-threatening scares the shit out of me like oh it's very scary i mean but i feel like it's a two-hander because you follow justin long in the the first part of the movie and then once he starts becoming you know walrusized you know michael parks essentially takes over and starts to to lead from there yeah i i I guess i guess what i mean is that like if if the guy playing the quote-unquote villain was just like stereotypical german scientist um, right yeah like it would come off as just being funny, not being legitimately creepy. It would be like, oh, this is, like, funny. Um, but Right, and that's how the human centipede was to me. I mean, it's... The the idea of it is creepy, but the character of... of uh, What was this? Dr. Late... I don't... I can't remember. Doctor, I can't remember his name, but the, the doctor character in the film wasn't as creepy because he was so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Michael Parks, you know, he's, like, when he's just recounting poems or stories or whatever and uh especially when he recounted his 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 childhood which was worse than anything in calvary (laughs) um it basically was calvary it basically was calvary but like times 10 yeah it might have started i don't remember if it started at age seven (laughs) he was young he was in like the boys home or whatever yeah Yeah, he just got passed around (laughs) We'll, we'll just say that uh that his time in the Navy wasn't the first time he experienced walrus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I've uh, got to say, this whole time you've been talking, I just want to see Justin Long as a walrus. <laughs> I really want to know what he looks here, like. Here, here's the thing. I literally almost pulled my phone out and took a photo, <laughs> but I figured that if I did it at that moment, it would be the moment the guy with the clipboard comes in to check off that there's only to one check person the in theaters. theater and see yeah. me holding up my phone, and I would have got like arrested for piracy or something like that. <laughs> so, like, but I, I was literally I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta take a picture of this and send it to somebody, um, but I did not. Yeah, but see, but that's proof right there that you were at least like the movie was working on some level <laughs> there, no the, the the moment i wanted to take the photo there's a part of justin long so justin long is facing like towards the camera and a little bit to the right of the frame and he's just there unable to move and the old man is laying shirtless up against his side with like his arm <laughs> up just like softly talking to him that about was how good he's gonna like rest and sleep and justin long is just there unable to move by the way we didn't mention he has his tongue removed um yes. so that he can't okay. speak humanly yeah, he um, just makes walrus noises. Yeah, all I can do is go, <laughs> <laughs> and and they're okay. I will say too, they're I throwing think, him I fish. Think, and I he's think eating there's it. some actual legitimate walrus ADR that's taking place in this film because half the time it sounds like he's screaming, but there's a few moments where the transition. I don't know if that's supposed to be like metaphorical, um, but like there's some moments where it sounds like legitimate animal throttle. Yeah. Tones. And there's also Michael Parks has got his like old timey. Uh, uh, film reel of like walrus footage playing in the background. Yeah, it's like it's like sky scenery, so that he can make <laughs> it feel like he's out in the middle of the ocean um, with with the other walrus with fellow walruses. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, and, and the scene where he's like trying to teach him how to swim, just like they're all like naked. By the way, he was naked. The old man was yeah, naked. While naked. He's teaching him how to oh swim. my god! Mm-hmm. But it's just so like it's so absurd <laughs> and then, and then he, that he like, pushes his head down underwater. And I was kind of like, I don't know if he's trying yeah. to drown him like give or him, if that's like sexual. He wants, wa- he wants walrus head or something. 
I don't know. I maybe, but then, but then, like Gila Point has that line where he's like, "And nothing is sexual it happened with the, you know, with the walruses." Well, that that, but, that, that, uh, that they could tell of. That they could tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know. See, they never. Uh, most of the walruses drowned, so he. They may don't not know have... if he got a tusk job or not. Yeah, we don't <laughs> know. Uh, so, anyways, I I think. Do you have anything last last things to say, Carson? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it mostly was just that. Uh, I mean, I give it a slow clap because it's it's truly unique. I mean, you can't you can't deny it that. You can't deny its uniqueness, at least. Oh, it's unique. I'll give it that. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> so saying, I, like... I'm kind of surprised. I'm not hearing, like, the hatred from Chris that I thought I would hear. Like, so far, <laughs> Carson is actually, like, convincing me that it's interestingly weird. <laughs> I mean, I think it is for sure. Like I said, even if you're... I mean, obviously, I gravitate more towards these type of movies, but, I mean... <laughs> what I type mean, of movie is this? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what I mean, like, just, like, weird, like, I've kind of said, like, weird out-of-the-box movies, but, like, uh, I mean, like I said, like, even if, you know, you're like Chris, where you're kind of just, you know, not completely into it, or if you even, go, you, know, you know, but if you, even if you're more extreme, where you're just like, I just flat-out hate this movie, I mean, there's still, I feel like, something in there that you can take away from, because... Like uh, Chris said about the one I love, you know, it's 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 this unique movie. Like even if even if you know the person isn't gonna like it, you would still recommend that they watch it. And I say that's the same thing about Tusk because you never know. This could be a movie where you're like, <laughs> I, I, I was just about to say that that the difference is that the one I love will probably be in my top films of the year. And then I was like, well, I can't put it past Carson putting Tusk in his top films of the year. So. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, I. It is of the same, obviously they're not the same movie, but it is of the same thing where it's like, you at least would want, obviously I'm not going to tell my parents to see this movie, but like my friends and people that, you know, even if I know they'd be a little adverse to it, like maybe, you know, Steven, he's on the fence. I'd still be like, Steven, you got to go see it just to be like, you know, you saw it because like, you, you when never it's know. available you... for rental, I might watch it now, actually. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm just here, saying, like, no matter how you watch it, I mean, I would still say to watch it because uh, even if you don't like it, you still could be just like, oh, my God, like, this is this is ridiculous, you know. There's something to take away from, I, I feel, still. Yeah. So that was my kind of <laughs> final point. I, I, I guess my, my, my... The thing that I really don't like about the film is it is its non-commitment to being a re there's too many things in the film that prove to me that it's not a quote-unquote real movie that it's committing more to the joke than it is to taking a joke premise and then making a real film about it like i mean basically the the creation of the story is exactly the same as the creation of um freaking what was the horror movie we saw like last year the year before a couple years ago with the 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 dybbuk box that they they bought oh yeah the possession yeah the possession so in that film there was a guy selling a box that was supposedly possessed and that was enough to make this horror film at it and i mean i i i enjoyed the film enough like you can argue right. it's not a great horror film but at least they they took this premise which somebody else might take as being silly that this guy you know, has this box that's supposedly possessed and they turn it into a real movie, right? That's how, like, half of these, based on a quote-unquote true story, horror films get made. In this, they took this really silly premise, started 
by making what was in minus the jokiness of the main character, they started making a legitimate, legitimately uh, scary premised film. And partway through, they start inserting character, well, not really character after character, but they, they insert a character that is clearly a joke character. I, I mean, the fact that they even cast, I, I didn't even realize it, but Johnny Depp as that character proves that it's like, even if you were like, oh, it was supposed to be, like, it, this isn't like a, a uh, like, I don't know if you guys are watching the, the TV version of Fargo, but like, the characters in that are supposed to be very f- odd and funny, but they're still supposed to theoretically be real or at least hyper real. Like this character is a character. Like he is somebody who walked in from another movie and started <laughs> acting in the context of this film because he thought that was the movie he was in. Like, so it, it, it's too much of a joke. And then the extension of where the, the plot of the film goes to, it, it just, it, it's clear that this is a joke. Like it, it's not, it's not supposed to be real. Like it, it's, it's supposed no, I mean, to be like, I, don't think ha, it... I got you to pay $10 to see. Like, it, it's, it's, the, it's the world's most expensive running joke. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that, but I agree that it's definitely not taking place in the real world. And, like, I, did, I do agree with you that the Gila Point stuff does feel out of place. Um, but I feel that that is something that I just admired kevin smith's ability to say i don't care like i want this character to be in the film um and and like i said i if i watch it again i might be okay with with that because you just it's so weird because like the the scenes like you just don't know where they're going because they're just like it's so bizarre that you're like why why is johnny tip you know playing this character and what is he going to do uh i, I don't know like there's in true story quentin tarantino was or was offered the role of gila point uh, initially, that's what Kevin Smith wanted to play, but uh, well, they hired a much better actor to do it. <laughs> uh, but uh, but Quentin Tarantino said no, uh, and they yeah. Anyway, but uh, I just thought that was funny because uh, I feel like that would be equally hilarious. It would be it'd be worse because it wouldn't just be funny. It would be like God, why is he still? It, it would basically be him playing his role in the beginning of um, uh, Sukiyaki Western Django. Yeah, or, or sorry, like or his at the r- end or. In, in the part where he's like the, the old guy in the beginning, in the motorized yeah. wheelchair. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say like his role in uh, Django Unchained, yeah, where he's trying to play an Australian. But the same thing too. Like, I mean, in in that movie too. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, it, so you know. so one thing I'm curious about. I, I guess this is more for Chris. Is like, I feel like there are movies that I really like that clearly are based off of a real-ish premise but aren't taken seriously. Like, This Is the End was like one of the funniest movies I thought last year that has, among other things, a totally fake Satan <laughs> raping Jonah Hill. Spoilers for <laughs> This Is the End. Which, which and I, I genuinely love that movie. Like, that yeah, was hilarious. It, it, so what, it, what is it about the playfulness of something like that that you like, whereas with this, you want them to either commit to it or not commit at all? The, the entire the entire premise of this is the end is this is supposed to be funny. Like it is a comedy. It like the Tusk is not a comedy. It is a ridiculous horror. And, and it, like it, it even like, so another film I, I love, 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 love is, um, shit. Uh, the Tucker and Dale versus evil. Like, I mm. think that is a fan freaking tastic, funny horror film because it's a film that apes on the tropes of horror films 
and hilarious things are happening, but to the characters, it is frightening as hell. That's not the type of thing this is. This isn't a, a where one group is in a frightening tale, but to us it's funny, or it's not a, uh, the group is in a funny thing, but to us it's frightening. Like, there, there's no, it's not doing anything, like, it's doing things that are, you know, you could argue unique, as Carson has been arguing, and I'm giving him that. Like, it's doing things that you haven't seen before, but it's not, it's not bending the genre. What it's doing is is just, like, starting by pretending it's seri serious and then just literally pulling the wool over your eyes, except for the wool is made out of uh, walrus skin, and it's just, like, it, 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 it just transitions from being a film where it, like, like, if, if I would, like, I always use this as the example, if I would have walked out, like, 45 minutes through this film, I would have been like, that was not as bad as I expected it to be. Like, it, it was, like, I was legitimately off-put by the creepiness of the scenario. But then once it becomes as ridiculous as the premise kind of leads you to believe it will be, it it just transitions into this joke of a movie and it's like, well, why, you were doing something, you were, you were being a legitimate, legitimate horror film for a time and then you completely throw that out and then just go, ha, just kidding. That was really as far as being legitimate we could go. Now we're just gonna make a joke of everything and be the kind of film you would expect knowing this is based off a joke that was during a podcast. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I would argue that, you know, movies like This is the End and Tucker and Dale and Shaun of the Dead, Scream, like those movies are, they are sending up the genre and that, that that is their, you know, they are playing off those tropes. And I feel like the Tusk is, is not, it, it's trying to be a, a legitimate horror movie. And I think that it is, you know, like these old, like Dario Argento films and, and like movies from the 80s where they, uh, like, pieces is a good example and like movies like uh, like razorback i mean like the, all these movies have like ridiculous premises but they're taken very seriously but they also have like a sense of humor to them too but it's not because they're playing up the like they're playing into the tropes and stuff that's just how they are you know it's like they it's like a fusion of the two and i'm fine with your horror film being funny in between all the like craziness it's like your action movie your action movie right. doesn't have to have action constantly you have right. a several action set pieces and then like actual character stuff in between i just feel like there's there this film tries maybe it's not trying maybe it was accidentally legitimately not i keep saying scary but it wasn't like i was scared i was just like creeped out by what yeah was it? Like, creeped out like that guy is just so like the the idea like thinking that I could be the Justin Long character walking to a place just to get an interview <laughs> with somebody and then just have something like that happen to me, like, that premise is scary as hell. Um, it's just that, like, it gets to the point where it's not... Yeah. Well, I mean, you've seen Hostel, right? And Cabin Fever. I saw the first Hostel. I did not see Cabin Fever. Okay, because, I mean, I feel like Eli Roth does the same thing where he's... They are, like... They are entries in like straight up entries into the horror genre, but there is a lot of comedy to them. I mean, it, Cabin it, Fever especially has like that ridiculous nature that Tusk has. Well, I also think too that like you bring up the point that a lot of this old classic horror films that you you actually you're you're trying to be funny in a way like it's supposed to be a horror film, but there's also supposed to be a lot of humor built into the to the, to the horror itself. And I think that the thing is that with the classic idea of horror is that 
you root for the evil thing. You root for the thing that is that is like like we should if we're going for the classic humor side want terrible things to happen to justin long because he's a horrible person Um, yeah but this film he's always like it's always a horrible person who's going through something that that, that's horribleness is un is is um is not equivalent to the horribleness he is he like he is less horrible than the punishment that is coming upon him and you're never rooting for the old man you're always scared at the insanity of the old man and that aspect is fine so it's like the 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 humor of the film is removed from the plot of the film and who you're rooting for it's just like let's have these other characters and this other funniness for reasons that lead me to believe that like no this they're just having fun and continuing the joke not taking the joke and turning it into a real movie I mean, I can, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, because... But I, I feel like that it still lends to that nature. I mean, because like I said, I feel like that these scenes with, uh, you know, him in the walrus suit, like, I feel like that they are terrifying, but also funny. Um, and, it, and it's like the absurdity of it is funny, you know. But at the same time, you're like, oh, God, like, I would not want to ever be in this situation um yeah. but yeah like to like you know and like him like teaching how to swim and he's like cuddling up next to him like that's this is all this is all so absurd that it's funny like i i don't know like that i feel like even in those scenes there's still this tinge of humor and then at least you know when we when we cut back to like gila point or somebody else uh it doesn't feel too out of place to be even though it is kind of jarring going back and and you've got this like super ridiculous character uh you know talking it up but i don't to me it's not as jarring like it doesn't feel like that the scenes with the walrus are trying to be serious and then he's not like because i still think like all the scenes of the walrus have like a sense of humor to them still (laughs) (laughs) anyway i i i guess I think we, I think we've basically expunged all the walrusness we could. I mean, from the movie, we've yeah, run I, it dry. I, I, th- I think so. I guess what it comes down to is maybe like Chris doesn't think it fully rests as being a horror movie, but then it kind of like saying it's a joke is a cop out because it doesn't completely play it as a joke either. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So I think I think what we should do since we have you, Stephen on the podcast and you haven't seen the film and obviously Carson loved the film. I did not love it rather than us do an actual verdict. Let's have Steven give a verdict to anybody who's actually listening to this (laughs) of whether or not they should see this film. Um, okay. (laughs) I'm, I'm going to give it a wait for rental. I think, because that's what I'm going to do. Um, I think, it does sound intriguing. It sounds. It, it is reminding me of some of the dumb fun I've had before with like the Evil Dead movies or the just some weird things like older Hodorowsky movies and stuff like that. Uh, like there is a there is a way to enjoy a movie even when you know like this is like cheesy and it doesn't really fall into one clear description. Um, yeah, th- this sounds intriguing enough that I might like it. I think the only thing that will make me unhappy is if it half-asses it and it sounds like it at least goes full walrus 
Oh, which, they do. Which does does intrigue me. I would give it a a wait for rental. But if we were going by the usual verdict, would you be must avoid or pass, Chris? <laughs> I would be must avoid. I, that's what I figure. This is this year's only God forgives. Well, no, like I, I, I so I, I, I did not like only God forgives, but I think that there is a lot more gray area maybe with like I think that there's at least three positions with only God forgives. You either love it, you hate it, or you appreciate it, but you don't like it. Like that, that that's I think it'd be really easy to fall into those three camps. I think. I think yeah. it, I mean it's a very extreme film so I think you could only go into one of those but yeah. Yeah, but but I think that with with this film like it was either made for you or you will not like it at all. <laughs> like I don't think there's a oh I really appreciate him doing this about it but it just didn't work for me. I think it's like you'll be like like I I put in my little comment on Facebook cuz you know Sarah was messaging on it. I said like I'm pretty sure I drank that tea and just woke up as a walrus <laughs> or something like that. Um because it was, it was, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but you see, but like, if if you're telling me these things and I am the, uh, I mean, like, I am of the person who would be like, that sounds awesome. Like, you know, I'm, I want to see that. I mean, and I agree, especially for this film, like, Only God Forgives uh, definitely would, you know, uh, is definitely in a different area. But I, I feel like this Tusk does do, it is... A niche movie like super like extremely so um and i and i do like i said i do like when i walked out i said like i don't know who else would enjoy this movie if you're outside of like the kevin smith circle but uh or just like you know weird midnight movie type of thing you know um because i i feel like if you were to take a person who had no idea what this movie was about and be like, yeah, it's like, yeah, there's a walrus in it, you know, come on, like, hey, it's a dolphin tail too, you know, something, <laughs> you know, like tricking them into seeing it, or, or not even saying the walrus part, like just saying, you know, it's a horror movie, we're going to see a new horror movie, I mean, that would be the litmus test, you know, because like, if you're sitting someone down who had no idea what it was about, um, and to see their reaction would be pretty amazing, but uh I feel like they would mostly be repulsed and be like, why did you take me to see this movie? You know, you're a horrible friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would obviously give it a, a must-see because I would just still encourage people to watch it. But uh, And obviously, personally, I loved it, so I of course I'd give it a must-see. <laughs> All right. So there we go. <laughs> well, I think that is the end of this episode. So, Carson, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Uh practicalcandy.wordpress.com and yeah that's it <laughs> steven uh twitter.com slash s david miller or s david miller.com and i do normally watch the movie that we review <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you just stayed on this because you were walrus curious yeah he was he was <laughs> all right so people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Uh, you can follow us on twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning if you want to know when the episodes go live. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. Uh, you can use the contact form on our site or you can leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Tusk. Or it might just be weird walrus mating 
sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is the review. Uh, went longer than I expected it to. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed it <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks. It went about as long as that walrus penis. <laughs> and, on, and on that note, we will see you in one of our other reviews later.